Hello and welcome to the Beyond Resilience Life podcast, a show about life adversity, how to overcome it and transform your life. This is your host, Dr. Lidiana Garcia, a licensed psychologist in Los Angeles, California. And even though my hope is to deliver information that can be helpful for you to overcome adversity and transform your life, it is not meant to be a substitute for being diagnosed and treated by a licensed mental health, medical, and related professional. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Beyond Resilience Live. This is your host, Dr. Lidiana Garcia, and today I have a very, very special episode. So in honor of Mother's Day, which just happened last Sunday, I wanted to create an episode about experiences of imperfect, perfectly motherhood, if that makes sense, but more about normalizing this quote-unquote imperfection while we're mothering, especially right now as social media is highlighting all this ideal and what a mom should be, a caregiver should be, and these newer generations that are parenting, that are taking care of little ones, are being now surrounded with an extra layer of pressure, which is being super informed, <laughs> right? We can have access to so much information via asking Siri or even just on your phone. If you have an iPhone, I'm an iPhone person, I'm an Apple person. And by having all this access to so much information, then also comes the pressure. And there's so much shame because even in this social media accounts, people are taking pictures, babysitters or people when they're not doing, quote unquote, good parenting. And then they're sharing it and they're shaming people socially. So this is like the virtual bullying in a way. And I feel as a mom in a time like this, even though I come with several classes of developmental theories and psychology and lots of trainings, because I'm also, I did a lot of work as a child psychologist. Still, I feel like as a mom, it's so much more pressure. I even asked my mom and in the 80s, there was not this pressure by other people. Kids would just be kids and they were expected to be kids. Parents were expected to make mistakes. And nowadays, it's really hard. So I wanted to make this episode to normalize different things and, and to kind of burst that idea that we have to be this perfect mom, that we have to be this regulated mom, that we have to be super conscious about everything that we're doing. Yes, we're healing intergenerational trauma, we're changing patterns, and at the same time, we're still human. And there's still stuff that are going to be passed down. Even if we try our best, there's still stuff that is going to be passed down. And this is super important because the pressure that I'm seeing people putting on on themselves to heal all these kind of things can be actually overpowering and getting in the way of you actually changing some things and changing some patterns. And there will be lessons that your children will go through that's part of being a child and then an adult. And the world that I'm living in. My parents raised me in the 80s and 90s, a very different world that I'm living as an adult. So it's always ever changing and adapting to all these changes is super, super important. So all of that to say, what you're going to listen today will be stories about some ex-colleagues, some friends, 
that are mothers sharing experiences and stories that they felt that they made a mistake, that they felt that they were not being a perfect mother, and just normalizing that and then sharing a message for all of you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Before we go, actually, wanted to make a super important announcement. The podcast is turning two. Woohoo! So next week, the 19, yes, because this episode is airing on the 13. So next week, Wednesday, the 19, I'm going to have podcast celebration virtual. So over here, you can find more information on how to come and join us to celebrate. And there's going to be several giveaways. So I'm really excited about that. And I would love to see you. We're going to do like a Zoom kind of call. It's going to be Wednesday 19 at 4.30 p.m. Pacific time. So that is 7.30 Eastern time. I don't know in between. (laughs) You can find out. Looking forward to seeing you. So now formally without anything else, I'm just going to go straight to the stories. I hope you enjoy. Please share a little bit about you and the work you do. I am Maritere Rodriguez Velas. I'm an award-winning author, parenting topic expert, advocate of raising bilingual, multilingual, and multicultural children. Tell us a moment, a story about motherhood in which you felt like you make a mistake and then what happened and how do you deal with it and what happened afterwards? My son was three years old and he was in preschool. Both my husband and I worked full-time outside the house. This particular day, it was my turn to pick up after school, but I was detained at work longer than I expected. In those days, there were no cell phones and I was stuck on the freeway on my way to school. I was 45 minutes late to pick up my son. He was distraught, crying, and the teacher had had to stay late because of him. I was mortified and felt so remorseful and horrible. I cried a lot that night. I felt like a really bad mom. My husband was very gentle and reminded me that it was not my fault, that I couldn't prevent the traffic and the meeting earlier and that I was a great mom, a mom doing her best and that the teacher understood and someday our son would too. I accepted that he was right. The next morning, I sat with my son again. I explained to him in a very simple way that mama was very sorry, that I loved him very much, that I knew how he felt and that I would do my very best to never let something like that happen again. I also reminded me him that I would always come for him, always. What is the message you have to other moms who are feeling the pressure to be perfect? Being a mom is the most rewarding of experiences, but filled with challenging moments. All we can do is our best and believe that that is enough. Take it one day at a time and don't lose confidence. How can people find you? In my website, mariterrodriguezbelas.com. Please share a little bit about you and the work you do. I am Dr. Maria Mercedes Dominguez, a licensed marriage and family therapist that works with couples and individuals healing from depression, anxiety, and trauma. In my coaching and consulting work, I support high-functioning couples, individuals, and or organizations with managing the inner critic, practicing assertive communication, and enhancing emotional intelligence. Regardless of the hat I'm wearing, resilience is at the core of my work. Tell us a moment, a story 
about motherhood in which you felt like you make a mistake and then what happened? Like, how do you deal with it and what happened afterwards? One of the big mistakes, quote unquote mistakes for me, I made while mothering was when social distancing policy was enforced during the school year of 2020, the end of the school year. I was having a very hard time and just straight up failing in ensuring that my kindergarten daughter was submitting all of her assignments on time, was attending all of the Zoom meetings. I was having to teach her how to use all of this new technology while also caring for my toddler who used to be in daycare full time, but was now at home because the daycare centers in our area had closed. And I was still running a private practice, which I usually devoted 40 plus hours a week to. And my caseload was actually increasing at this time, because as you can imagine, the need for mental health services amidst all the anxiety and fear around the pandemic was so high. So I felt like I was falling short in so many areas. And sometimes it just felt like I was straight up failing in most of the roles that I was managing at the time. I realized the expectations and the pace was not sustainable. I had to make very difficult decisions about how I prioritized my time. And I chose to pull back my work hours. So instead of working full time, I pulled back to half time. I changed my schedule to times that my partner who was an essential worker, so his schedule stayed the same, would be home so that he was able to provide um, childcare. And I decided it was best for me to homeschool. The most important thing for me at this time was to create stability and safety for my family, especially during such like feeling like the world turned upside down times. And it was also important for me to have a sense of control over my time and what my days look like, especially since I and we were all losing so much control in so many other areas of our lives. I realized it was time to learn more also about how business works so I could continue to earn income although the time I had available to invest had decreased significantly. And I never imagined myself being a homeschool mother, like ever, ever. And whenever I would be asked to, and I would, I would be adamant that it was not for me. But where I am now and today, I can truly say that I'm grateful that the circumstances pushed me to the decision that I made because the memories that I've created with my children while we're learning science and exploring nature, the pride that I feel knowing that I'm the one that taught my children how to read and identify shapes and patterns, the freedom that I have over my schedule now feels like such a blessing. And it took a while to get to this place, the place where I am now, where it's something that I appreciate and that I actually wouldn't change right now if I could. But if I hadn't accepted my limitations, and brainstormed and really got centered on what serves us best, what's more important to us, I know I would have never gotten to this place. What is the message you have to other moms who are feeling the pressure to be perfect? If I were to share a message with other mothers who are feeling the pressure to be perfect, I would first encourage you to look and explore how you define perfection. And consider how much of that definition was something you created for yourself and how much of that was defined for you. And a few of the clues that I pay attention to and encourage my clients to pay attention to is if the image of perfection we've created in our mind is coming more from 
external sources, then we often, our self-talk often tends to sound like, well, it's supposed to be this way, or I should have this. Clues that our ideals are created more from within, our self-talk tends to be more I-centered. So I am looking forward to this. I desire, I need, I want, I prefer. So I choose to focus on, and I would encourage you to focus on what would serve you best and what would serve you and the family best. I know um, many of us are socialized to not take our needs into consideration and put our family before ourselves, but I would encourage you to take the both in approach. Like think about what would serve you and the family best because when we, the mothers, are functioning at a high level, when we are healthy, when we are radiant, when we are energized, then we're able to do and fulfill our roles and pour into our loved ones with so much more joy and patience. And we can prevent ourselves from feeling like resentment and regret and all of the other things that have a negative impact on our psychological well-being and our relationships in general. So think about what will serve you and your family at the same time. And Make decisions based off of that and take action steps in that direction. How can people find you? If you would like to connect with me, I am most active on Instagram. And my handle on Instagram is at drdr.dvthemft, at drdthemft. You can also find me there on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube as well. I look forward to getting to know some of you. If you end up connecting with me on any of those, send me a message. Let me know that you heard me here on this podcast, and I would love to get to know you a little bit more. Take care. Please share a little bit about you and the work you do. Hi, my name is Yuritsi Gomez-Serrano, and I'm an associate marriage and family therapist based out of California, and I work with women and femmes of color to support their trauma healing through trauma-focused therapy and transformational support groups and experiences in order to support them in stepping into their power. Tell us a moment, a story about motherhood in which you felt like you make a mistake and then what happened? Like, how do you deal with it and what happened afterwards? So it was interesting this question because I think one of the quote-unquote mistakes or the hardest thing for me was the actual birthing experience versus the mothering so but I guess that's part of mothering as well I was dead set on having a unmedicated vaginal birth outside of a hospital I was planning to do it through a birthing center and I wanted to not have any kind of medical intervention and I was dead set on that. There is a history in my family of my mom. She had four daughters and all of us were born through C-section and a lot of women in my family also on my mom's side had children born through C-section and not to say that this is something that was that is fact but I think it 
was important for me to understand that history. And, but I was dead set on not repeating that pattern. And I did, I took birthing classes. I prepared the best that I could in terms of like mentally preparing for it physically from what I knew. So my due date comes around and I start feeling like some contractions, but nothing to the point where it was going to induce like going into labor. And I was feeling on and off contractions for about 10 days. So that was really frustrating for me because I, every day I would wake up and think, okay, this is the day and contractions would begin, but they never got to the point where I was in active labor. So I started to have doubts in myself. I started to have doubt in my body and feeling just super overwhelmed until about 10 days after my due date, my water broke through like on its own, but there was a couple of of interventions just to help get birth started. Nothing too intrusive. And I go in and I'm laboring for about, I want to say 12 hours from the start of active labor. I'm in the birthing center and I can't get past six, seven centimeters. And at the birthing center, After 24 hours, like your water breaks, my midwife recommended me to go into the hospital just for fear of infection and things like that. So by the time that 24 hour mark came around after my water had broken, I was about 12 hours in labor. I was pretty devastated that I had to go into the hospital and I was hoping that with the medication, I ended up getting an epidural that it would help me still be able to deliver my baby, but through a vaginal birth. However, again, I was in the hospital and that wasn't the case. And I had to go in and they had to come in and recommended that I go through with a C-section. I had a doula. I was Again, I did everything in my power to have that not happen and it ended up happening and I felt like a failure. I felt like this first thing as a mother that I'm supposed to do, which is birth my baby, I failed at it. And I was in a really dark place because obviously I was going through these emotions with hormones and with just being on medication. And then my baby had a tongue tie. So I had a lot of pain while breastfeeding. It really broke me the first month or so in postpartum. I was crying every day. It was very stressful. And I really thought that I had failed, that my body had failed me. And I ended up, you know, getting to a point where I was able to accept that that's just was my experience, that I was able to accept that part of me not wanting to birth my baby the way that my mother had birthed us was this unconscious kind of desire to not be like my mother. And I realized that 
even though I'm desiring not to be my mother, she is my mother. And like it or not, I am influenced and she is a part of me. And when I accepted that and also realizing that I can choose, I can choose to engage or not engage with the tendencies that my mother has modeled and I have internalized. That's when I felt like really powerful because I stopped fighting it and I, and I began to accept that, yes, I can be like my mother, but I can also make different choices and not end up like my mother. And this is not to say that my mom is like this horrible person, but I wanted to be able to make my own decisions. I wanted to be able to be my own person and mother in a way that was a little different to the way that she mothered me and my sibling. And I also, this experience really helped me take a deeper dive also in my trauma history to be able to realize that there was trauma that I was, that I had not processed that was still affecting me because when I went back to therapy and saw or like realized that this really intense feeling around the birth was not necessarily due to the birth itself. It was, a lot of it was, but it was due to this belief that I had internalized due to a trauma in childhood about my lack of safety and about my, this unknown, this fear of the unknown. And so if I had not gone through that, then I don't think I would have been able to go and process this trauma, which ultimately was super helpful in processing and getting to the other side of it and realizing it. And so I am in this space of accepting that I am my mother, that accepting that I'm also my own person and that I'm not perfect human being, a perfect mother, and that's okay. What is the message you have to other moms who are feeling the pressure to be perfect? And a message that I have for other moms who are feeling the pressure to be perfect is to understand that we are human beings and perfection does not exist. And the striving to perfection can cause more harm than good, can cause more overwhelm than being able to sit and accept yourself for who you are. And if there is parts of you or experiences or things about you that you're feeling like you're unable to accept, I would invite you to question why and to question where is that coming from? What belief about yourself? What belief about the world are you internalizing that make it so difficult or make it so that you think you have to be perfect as a mother or just simply as a human being? How can people find you? The best place to reach me right now is through Instagram. My account is at MFTUD. I have some link trees connected to my bio, which will have links to different offerings that I'm having. Right now I'm doing a series of retreats. So I'm doing one in April, May, and June focused on dismantling self-doubt. So if that's something that might be helpful for you as a mother in order to help you embrace the imperfections, embrace 
that you don't have to have it perfect all the time, feel free to reach out and send me a message via Instagram or email and sign up for the retreat. Thank you so much to Dr. Lidiana for inviting me and I hope you all have a happy Mother's Day. Please share a little bit about you and the work you do. Hello, my name is Gladys Aguilar. I'm a licensed clinical social worker providing individual and family psychotherapy to children and their families. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. It is an honor. I am licensed in the state of California and I have been in the field of mental health for over 15 years working in the Los Angeles County. I am bilingual in Spanish and self-identify as Salvadoran American. I've specialized in anxiety disorders and I am currently in the process of obtaining my certification in perinatal mental health. That is my passion. My goal is to have a specialty in working with childbearing individuals through their pregnancy and in the postpartum period. For the past few years, however, I have attempted to jungle being mostly a stay-at-home mom to two small children ages five and almost three, while trying to continue building my private practice. I wish I could say it has been very easy, but for the time being, it seems that most of my time and attention has been dedicated to raising them. And it seems that until they can transition to full-time schooling, I'll be able to get more into my private practice and the work that I want to do. And that is a little bit about me. Tell us a moment, a story about motherhood in which you felt like you make a mistake and then what happened like how do you deal with it and what happened afterwards a mistake I feel like that I did while mothering is an interaction I had with my daughter when she was around one years old I would take her to these parent and me classes at a little kids gymnastics play place and the kids got the opportunity to run around and pick what they wanted to play it was kind of like a open play time. And whenever a parent she didn't recognize was near her, she would become fearful and freeze in place. She would stop what she was doing, literally stop in her tracks and look down, avoid eye contact and not move until essentially the parent would leave kind of the area she was standing in. What I would do as a mom during this time is I would attempt to comfort her with my words. I would say, it's okay. Mommy's right here. Yes, that's somebody's parent. That's just somebody's dad. It's okay. You're safe. Come here. Come to mom. And I wouldn't go to her side. I wouldn't actually physically walk over to her, you know, kneel next to her or pick her up or hug her. None of that. I felt like my words were comforting. She knew I was there. And I kind of wanted her to walk to me. And This didn't really hit me as something I was doing that was not helpful until my husband, her father, joined one of these classes. And the moment she did it in his presence, he immediately ran to her side, picked her up, hugged her, said, it's okay. said the same things I said. That's somebody's parent. It's okay. We're here. And she immediately, relief just came over her face. She smiled, engaged with dad, and you could see just the sense of safety. She felt protected at that time. And I remember telling my husband, oh yeah, she's done this before. You know, it's normal. She's having, you know, she's aware of strangers now and she's having, you know, the fight, flight, freeze response. And that's just something that happens. 
But when he said he felt so sad for her, it just broke his heart to see that of his little girl. It made me start to think, why am I not walking over to her? She's really little. She needs to feel protected and in close proximity to me to feel safe and that it's going to be okay. When she's in a moment of feeling incapable of knowing how to defend herself or knowing how to cope with the situation. And when I really thought about it, I realized that it has a lot to do with my own childhood and feelings of insecurity, not confident, and that my parents, in my perspective, would rescue me from feeling intense emotions, or if I was very overwhelmed, they would kind of get rid of whatever threat was around so that I could be okay, even if it came at a cost to them. They would do that just so that I would stop crying, stop being upset. So I often think they coddled me too much or they didn't, you know, toughen me up. And I realized that by me stepping back with my daughter, even though she was so little at the time, what I was trying to do is to kind of toughen her up, to let her know, hey, I'm here, but you know, when you're ready, come out of that. And I didn't want to feel that I was, quote, rescuing her from the situation. Saying it out loud, you know, is, is really hard to say. And at the time, I felt like the worst parent. Like, how could I do that? How could I cause her to feel unsafe and unprotected by me? And I was doing it unintentionally. But, you know, I wanted to correct and fix all the things I didn't want her to be, which is what I feel that I often am, insecure, not confident, not, quote, emotionally tough enough, <laughs> you know? And I recognize that that has a lot to do with what I was going through and not her own story, her own journey. And by saying it out loud and seeing what my efforts really were geared towards, which was to, you know, protect her essentially, I was not only able to separate my own stuff from her experience, but I had to reframe the experience for myself that my actions were a protective one. They were attempting to help her navigate the difficulties of life. And it came from a place of, from a place of love. It, they really did. And when I recognized that and I reframed it, I didn't feel like such a horrible mother anymore. I just knew that the way I did it was not achieving that goal. I wasn't really helping her feel the safety and protection. And she's too, she was too little at the time. She needed mom to step in. But by knowing it came from a place of love and to protect her, I didn't feel so bad anymore. When I recognized that, I felt less guilty and it made it easier for me to change my behavior as well. What is the message you have to other moms who are feeling the pressure to be perfect? What I would say to moms who are struggling with the pressure to be perfect, first and foremost, you're not alone. You're definitely not alone. Mothers struggle with this all the time. We all feel the pressure, but don't forget where that pressure is coming from. It's not always coming from within. It's also largely coming from outside sources, societal expectations, what we see on TV, social media that have placed this on us unfairly. And the same way we give grace to our children for not knowing things, for being new to the world, for being inexperienced with life, we need to do the same with ourselves. We are new to this role. We are learning this as we go. We are also inexperienced without a parent. They say kids aren't born with a manual. And boy, is that <laughs> for sure. And even what I found to work with my oldest daughter, I found didn't work with my youngest son. So oftentimes, you know, we're just going kind of blindly forward, trial and error, as they say. 
becoming a parent literally for the first time is an overnight transformation, no matter how much we've watched others do it or how many books we've read. Imagine playing professional basketball one day without any prior intensive training, no experience shooting hoops or dribbling, no competitive practice, but then suddenly one day we're expected to be out on a court getting ready to play a professional game. But why does this only get placed on us with motherhood and parenting? It's so unrealistic. With parenting, we learn as we go and we can correct what didn't work. And even then, what works one day may not work another day, may work with one child and not the other. In essence, it's an impossibility to achieve perfection here. And also, let's remember that social media is fake for the most part, in the sense that it is not a true reflection of life, of what motherhood is. No one's perfect. And the best thing we can do and you can do for your child is allow yourself the grace to be just as you are. And when you make a mistake, acknowledge it. Tell them that it was a mistake. Apologize if need be. And by showing that you are not perfect, but willing to work on the things that you want to improve, you're teaching them coping, problem solving, skills, resiliency, and giving them an accurate representation of what being a human actually truly is. If we only try to appear perfect all the time, then we're not really being any different than social media. And it won't prepare them for what adulthood truly is, which is trying our damnedest best and not giving up despite our failures. I'm sending all the mothers out there a giant virtual hug. You're doing the absolute best you can. This is hard. I see you. You deserve to be seen and heard. How can people find you? Currently, people can find me on Instagram under Gladys Aguilar LCSW, and I'll be updating my website, which is GladysAguilarLCSW.com. I will be updating people through those outlets in terms of my certification process and perinatal mental health and all things private practice, including my hours, my office location, etc. I hope you enjoy all the stories. I know I learned myself. I was writing different notes as I was listening to the audios to record my part. They are really amazing and so many different nuggets of information to get. I'll share a little bit about a story, my, one of my stories of a moment that I felt that I was not being a good mom or I was not being, quote unquote, that perfect mom, that ideal mom that I expect it to be. When, and probably you heard part of this, but when I had my eldest, I went through a very difficult time. I had mastitis. I, I went through a very difficult time of feeling very confused, feeling all these emotions that I was unable to label. And I felt disconnected. I felt like all of that and recovering from birth took over of me connecting with my son. And I think it was when he was about two, three months. I mean, I felt this early on, but it was around two, three months that I started putting it together. Because first I was like, oh, baby blues. I just need more support. I attended some mom's groups and that was helpful. So I was trying to first address whether I was like moving toward a postpartum depression or something. So I look for the support needed and all that. I look for therapy. And I remember when I had the realization that I was not feeling that I was connecting with my son. 
I was seeing all these people in social media or even the moms that I would spend time with, hanging out with, that they would be like, I love my kids so much. I don't know. And sharing all these things. And I would smile and kind of like poker face that I was also feeling the same thing, but I was not. And there was that sense of guilt and shame. Like, why, why don't I feel the same way? Why don't I feel that love that they mentioned that this, that they would die for, for their child? I bet I would have died for my child. But it was that sense of joy and yeah, that kind of um, savoring moment. I was not feeling that. And I remember in therapy, the day that I opened up and told the therapist, I don't feel like I'm connecting with my son and that's really hurting me, especially because I have in my head all this information about attachment theories and I don't want to like, not promote a secure attachment. And I was also reading a book at that time, which is a great book, Parenting from the Inside Out by Dr. Dan Siegel. But I remember the therapist saying, stop it, don't read that book, because that book was also highlighting all this stuff that I was carrying of attachment stuff with my mom as well. And then how, you know, I was reading all these things and feeling like even worse because I was identifying with an avoidant attachment and being a good enough mom. So I did follow her advice. I did stop reading the book. And I, she assisted me in sessions to kind of connect with my little one. And I remember that being so helpful. And to be honest, it is still something that a work in progress. And I remember when I had my daughter, I would spend time just trying to savor it. Because when my son, everything was so overwhelming that I, I don't think I had that time to just sit down and savor it and just be looking at the newborn, smelling the newborn, all of that. And it is much better. I mean, I love my kiddo and we have a really good relationship. And there's also still times that I want to go into that flea mode, especially when I feel like he's it's demanding a lot of my attention or wants a lot of me. And sometimes his energy can feel too much for me. And that's my own stuff that I'm dealing and I'm working through. I want to shut down and want to flee. And now I know that when I go into that mode, I don't go into that guilt shaming and, you know, any shame because it's not helpful. I just normalize that that's part of motherhood, especially motherhood during COVID-19. And knowing that and normalizing and talking to myself that it's okay to not want to be with my kid all the time. It's okay to feel that way. It's okay. And that's what I would say. So now I know that when my son is overpowering or it's demanding a lot of my attention and I go into that flea mode, I just try to also show compassion for myself as I'm breaking or changing that intergenerational pattern that probably... I have not talked to my mom about this necessarily in terms of how she, was she aware or not, but I'm aware of it. So I also tap into that internalized ideal mom and compassionate for myself that it's okay for me to feel that way. I was not used to that and that it's okay to be a good enough mom. I, I am changing consciously that by also showing my kiddos 
that I'm not perfect. And I want them to experience that. Because when I started this whole motherhood journey, that's what I saw. I saw like a perfect mom who was always the giving and being there all the time. And I don't recall seeing any imperfections. And that was really hard. And right now with my kids, I want to show them that I'm not perfect. And what I mean with that is when I make mistakes, I make mistakes and then I apologize and, and, and work on a resolution or something. But I allow myself compassion enough to experience that. Here's a message that I would like to send via this episode and the reason I created it is to just know that wherever you're doing, wherever you are, it's okay. There's always ways that you can kind of talk to your kiddos whenever you make a quote-unquote mistake and use that as a learning experience. I think it's so important that our children learn to see imperfect parents because that also is going to highlight the pieces that are imperfect in them and knowing that that also includes that unconditional love. Because at the end of the day, that's all what we want. As human beings, we want to be seen, heard, felt. And by us having to hide those quote-unquote imperfect sides is not helping us to feel completely loved, appreciated, felt, seen. So that's the message here, that knowing that by you showing quote-unquote your imperfections, you're allowing your children to feel okay when they make mistakes, to feel okay when they're not perfect, and to still love them unconditionally. You're changing a lot of our culture by just doing that. And I hope that that message gets across and that when you listen to this, you let it sink into your heart and you let it resonate and go deep into your bones. Truly, that's the whole intention of this. We're working through this, we're changing, we're showing, and we're breaking that pattern of this perfect woman, the overgiving and all of that. And it could also be applied to that overgiving parent and just caregiver, just that idea. We're not, we, we're humans and that's okay. That's the message that, and happy mothers. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I am looking forward to seeing all of you. I know it's not all of you, but some of you in the upcoming celebration. And also I am looking forward to having more of you in the community that we're creating in the Mighty Network apps. Over there, I'll be sharing more information as my time come expands, meaning I get more support with my little ones. Right now, I'm in that season of being a little bit more at home. But as things continue to change, as my baby's turning one years old in this month, and then I'll be able to do more things down the road. But please join our membership. It's a free membership, so that way you can be um, start to get to know each other and definitely future plans about more events. Thank you for tuning in and until next time. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Beyond Resilience Life podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. If you like this episode, please make sure to review it and comment on it and share it with your friends and family. Until next time. <laughs>